This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. A doctor can't heal you unless you surrender completely. A medicine doesn't work on you unless you trust that medicine. Music is as simple as that. Unless you are blessed yes. that you are able to surrender to any music you are listening to, it won't work. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Where East Meets West, a consistent dialogue about how we bring the best of who we are to make the world into a better place. It's been my absolute joy to be collaborating with Eplog along with America Meditating Radio and to be having these discussions with individuals that matter, individuals that are doing so much in the world. And as you all know, with my background, half Indian, half African, raised in America, I think I do good for looking at what East meets West means to me. And as you know, I've just stayed in the middle. I continue to see the aspects of both sides and see what are the strengths that are there. I want us to come together and find ways to bridge our vision and, and find ways to make the world into a better place. So where East meets West is all about doing just that, that we can be different but yet we can work together and find a beautiful symphony, find something e extremely helpful and useful to our society and to our world. I'm really excited about today's conversation because Sandeep Das was someone I came across online and I just paused listening to his tabla and his music and I just said, wow, he's amazing. He's in America. Oh, that would be great for where East meets West. And so just to give you a little bit of an update of who we're about to have a heartfelt conversation with, Sandeep Das is a composer, educator, and one of the leading tabla maestros in our world. He leads a prolific international music career characterized by tradition, innovation, and the passion for spreading the big L-O-V-E, love and joy. He's one of the unique Indian classical musicians to actively seek a new context for his instrument. And since his debut concert with Ravi Shankar at the age of 17, he has gone on to perform with iconic artists such as Yo-Yo Ma and Paquito de Rivera at prestigious revenues ranging from the Carnegie Hall to the Royal Albert Hall. Performances for significant events such as the opening ceremony of the Special Olympics, the 150th anniversary of the United Nations for dignitaries such as the Queen of England and the Queen of Thailand, the Pope and various other world leaders have established him as a highly sought-after performer all around the globe. Sandy frequently visits top institutions as an artist in residence and has composed several places that have received the international acclaim. He has made a musical and spiritual mission out of transporting the classical music of the native India to the West and around the world. Talk about a perfect perfect individual for where East meets West. Welcome everyone, Sandeep Das. Sandeep, thank you so, so, so much. Thank you very much. You know, you said perfect individual. Only my wife would ever consider that word for me. So I, will, I bet I will take it when it comes from anyone. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me and uh, I can already see we'll have fun. 
Of course. Well, you know what? Before we got live, we were talking about your passion of golf. Both of us have this passion of golf, which is a Western process. And yet you are here playing the tabla, which definitely originated out of India. And talk about where East meets West. It's awesome. Tell me a little bit about these passions that you are, are living through, the tabla and golfing. Tabla, a lot of golfing, quiet, you know, it's it's like a beautiful balance of really two different entities. You know, great question, you know, uh, I would say both happen in my life by accident. Uh, my first love or my first, you know, passion, Tabla, happened because my father got a complaint from school that I have been disturbing the class by tapping on the desk. And when I'm asked to stop, I start tapping on with my feet. Uh, I was seven years old, so my father went to the school and he was told that I should be taken to a doctor. You know, I thought, oh my God, I go back home tonight, you know, doctors, injections, whatnot. Yet when I reached home, my father, instead of being angry or upset at me, had a big smile on his face. And there was something on the coffee table. So I looked at that, looked at my father. I said, what are those? And my father said, that's a tabla. And your lessons start tonight. And he took me to my first guru, Sri Shiv Kumar Singh Ji. And, you know, then a few years later to my next guru, the maestro Pandit Kishan Maharaj Ji. But that was love. That was something that I fell in love with right away. So much so that... I remember I couldn't wait for my school to end so that I could run back and play on that drum. Golf also similarly uh, happened by accident. I was actually in Connecticut uh, in a small town called Norfolk. Between concerts, we, I have these lovely friends, you know, Catherine Givers and John Fernandez. And we were sitting, you know, they would always take me home between concerts and we were sitting in his house and he suddenly said, hey, Sandeep, you are from India. You play cricket, right? So I said, yeah, I've played cricket. Uh, he says, okay, then come with me. And he took me to a golf driving range. I had never seen, of course, I had seen golf on television, but I had never seen a golf ball or a club, you know, up front. And he, he gave me a club and he said, here's a ball, go hit it. And I hit and he was like, oh my God, I knew you would be a natural. But that same was the thing that happened to me. That's the same thing that happened to me when I was taken out for golf. I know the feeling. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, like it was the beginning of, I call it the beginning of the end. I got infected with the golf disease and yes, have been in love with both. I find tremendous similarities in both, you know, playing the tabla and the golf. And I would be happy dying either playing tabla or playing golf. That's how much I love them both. That is so sweet. That is so sweet. Well, congratulations for being able to combine two so separate entities, but yet two that carry some sort of a spiritual fragrance. Mm -hmm. You know, you go into the music and you're taken away. You're taken away from that. You just, you're transported into another space. So in addition to like Indian classical music, you also incorporate other genres in your music. Can you tell us a little bit about how would you describe your musical style today? So, you know, I was very fortunate that I, at the right time of my life, I have met the right people. And my biggest prayer 
has always been to God, not to make me famous, to make me rich. I'm a very, I'm not at all an ambitious person. So no, no such prayers. My prayer always has been that don't shut my eyes, ears to my own mistakes. Keep them open when there is an opportunity to learn. So meeting the right people at the right time. So my second guru or my guru that I had the longest journey with for 12 years, always, though he was a traditionalist, you know, a superstar legend, old school, yet he was very futuristic. He would always say, go look what's next. What can you do with this? You know, he, he, he once said, he taught me a composition and asked me to recite it like a couple of months later, I recited it and he said, next. And I said, oh, but Guruji, you only taught me one. And he said, oh, so you're sitting on it like a hen for the eggs to hatch. By now, my son, you should have made 10 out of that one. And those 10 would be yours. So, you know, right from the beginning, my father who had the vision to put me in that direction, my guru who pushed me in the direction to look beyond, to keep finding things, that helped me. So when I, why I'm saying that is when I'm talking about how my style is right now, when I play tabla, it doesn't matter if I'm playing with the New York Philharmonic or the Boston Symphony or with Yo-Yo Ma or with a rock star from China, I'm still playing pure Banaras style of tabla. So I'm not diluting what I play musically, yet what I have done is I have, you know, as a stone rolling, I have gathered information for three decades of playing all over the world. I am not shy because my guru hasn't stopped me. Actually, he pushed me in letting those informations that I have gathered shape the direction or the flavor or, you know, the joy that I want to, sp want to spread with my music. So, so I, I, why I'm saying this is also sometimes people get confused. Like, oh, he's playing Western music these days. Oh, he's playing fusion music. No, that's, there's no such word as fusion music. I am still playing pure Indian tabla, but with information that I have gathered for these three, three decades or more of playing so that I cannot be put in a box. You cannot say, oh, Sandeep plays tabla like this or Sandeep some tabla sounds like this. I would rather be happy when I'm playing with Sister Jenna that everybody feels that I have all my life, I have only played with Sister Jenna. That's my success. Or even Sister Jenna should feel when she's singing or playing the sitar that, wow, you know, it's Sandeep is playing with me for the first time, but it seems he has played me all my life. So that's my style, that my style should be such that whoever I'm playing with, the artists, the musicians, or whoever I'm playing for, the audience, they should feel that they have known me. They should feel that there is a connection, both ways, artists and audience. And as long as that connection is happening, there is happiness, there is joy. Can I just tell you yes. how much what you have said resonates with me? Oh, wow. Because I think sometimes we put ourselves in boxes, and I'm not saying the path of an anomaly is very difficult because they're kind of a loner. You know, they're, they're the only mold out there. 
Um, but because of them, they're also opening up people's minds and hearts to see things in a different way, to help people to get out of their limited belief systems and their attachments. And that's what you have done with your music. And one of the things that I've liked and what I was pulling from what you said is that basically you're, I like the way you put it, you, you receive the information, but you still stay in your roots of your Benares, you know, the, the music that comes from your culture. And so the fact that you know who you are, that sounds so much like me, Sandeep. Like deep in my spirituality, I know who I am, but I don't have to prove to you I'm spiritual. I'm just living and I'm enjoying everyone's life and the way everyone shows up here and there. And I think it's so important for us to understand that when we can see two sides of the spectrum, life becomes more tasteful and it becomes more musical and definitely more beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, some musicians say that they get inspired by God, the divine. What does your inspiration come from? Not just the information, right? Sometimes when you're playing, do you sometimes stay with a particular tone that you have rehearsed? Or when you go on stage, you allow that energy to take you over and then the music comes? What do you do? So, you know, uh, it's very funny. First of all, uh, I have never... So even if I've had a thought before a concert that, okay, I'm going to play at Sister Jenna's ashram, this is what I'm going to play because this is the kind of thought process they have or this is what she has been preaching. I have never been able to stick to any of my plans ever in my life. And so even though, you know, there have been times, you know, oh, this is a very important concert. I, I'm thinking of doing this by the time I'm on the wings. I don't even remember what I had thought. Sometimes, even though I am thinking a certain way, as I am stepping on stage, I have already changed. As I am sitting in my Vajrasan posture and I touch my tabla, maybe even then I have a certain thought, but when I touch my tabla, the tabla says something else that night. You know, it's, it's very different than playing a Western score where everything's written down. So, you know, our tradition kind of also pushes us in that way to be more present in the present, you know. So my the tone of the tabla could shape, or the, could shape the concert that night. It's the vibes. I walk on stage and the audience tells me, you know, that particular night, even if it's the same city, I can, I have played concerts in the same, all say three nights in a row, every night, the audience gives me a different message. Also, while I'm playing, you know, mm -hmm. as I'm playing, maybe I'm on a certain path. But to be a good musician, I think every good musician, again, doesn't matter which style they come from, unless you are able to get those signals, get those vibes. Through the concert also, I'm constantly changing. So if you had asked me before the concert, as I was leaving the hotel, I would have told you something. When I reach the venue, I, I would tell you something. Wings, I might tell you something. End of concert, I have also forgotten what I played. Kind of geniuses, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I'm not much of a genius at all. I'm very well, the true genius is that they catch the signal at the right time. I'm telling you, I, I, I don't know how many lectures I've done. It's thousands. 
Okay. I have never once prepared for one. <laughs> never. Because you are absolutely right. When you get onto the stage, even just as you're walking in the backstage and, you know, these thoughts in your personality are stirring around, the people's expectation as a vibration on you are also impacting you and stirring you. And then you get onto that stage and it's just you, God, your talent and the moment. And there's something very healing in that. You know, nowadays you're hearing a lot of people, Sandeep, talking about sound healing, that music can also be a very big part of the healing. Could you talk a little bit about some of the music that you do and, and how you also feel that it is a form of healing? Mm -hmm. As a child, I had a ma you know, massive accident just before a concert. Uh, probably I was 13 or 14 years old. So like my legs got hurt and, you know, I was bleeding profusely. Still, I told my father, my father said, you know, let's cancel the concert and the presenters too. And I said, no, but I want to play. I went up on stage, as you know, in Indian concerts, you, we wear a kurta and a pajama. So not, not a thick pant or anything, you know. When I got off stage, my entire right leg, the pajama was red with blood because, you know, the bleeding wouldn't stop because I was also, you know, exerting myself. But I didn't feel any pain. I didn't feel any discomfort. And actually, I felt better. And I healed faster. And I have always seen that, that if I'm running a temperature, if I'm feeling unwell, instead of popping a pill, if I just pull my instrument out and I play, that is my first and best medicine. Also, you know, experiences like, you know, I was once playing in a cathedral in Zurich. And I remember, you know, it was, it's one of those moments where I know I left my body because everything was, you know, lined up in a way that I can't explain. Midway through the concert, I know I wasn't there and I came back and I was like, oh my God, I'm playing a concert. Did I miss, miss a beat? But when I looked around, the sitar player I was playing with, the audience, nobody had missed anything. So, you know, those are moments that told me, you know, informed me again as I was growing up that I consider, you know, you use the word genius. I don't consider that for myself at all, but I feel I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed that... I went to the right, I was born to the right parents. I went and lived with a guru who was a Siddha Purush, you know, Siddhi. He was Siddh. In a city like Banaras, where I have experienced things that I have started understanding barely in the last 10 years. And whatever my destiny from my previous birth was, that I was given this instrument as my path. Yes, music heals. Different music heals different people differently. But it's like, you know, a doctor can't heal you unless you surrender completely. A medicine doesn't work on you unless you trust that medicine. Music is as simple as that. Unless you are blessed yes. that you are able to surrender to any music you are listening to, it won't work. The moment you get that blessing happens, whichever form. Yes. It, it, Beautiful it, it, story, it, 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 Sandeep. Beautiful. The reason why I'm saying that to you is 
since the pandemic, I've been just wanting to play music. I used to play cello back in the day, but I haven't touched anything at all. I don't even remember notes anymore. Uh-huh. I've taken out the piano, I've taken out the guitar, I've taken out the tabla, and they're sitting there in the corner. And just you talking about that moment where you felt that you know your soul was no longer in your body but yet everything was aligned. I'm telling you, I think one of the greatest gifts that East and West can actually attain from each other is the fact that we must recognize that there is a soul in us and that if we come from that place of soul awareness, the magic and the beauty that can take place would be golden aged. It will be fantastic in terms of the world becoming a better place. I think sometimes we are too much on the left of the brain, on the right of the brain. We're too, we're too up there. We're too down here. We're, you know, where's the balance? You know, where's that balance? Where's that moment inside of you where everything is just okay? Like everything is okay. Now, being in America and um, growing here, what do you think is the gift that is emerging through this incarnation for you in this country of America? So I was not born or raised here. I was born and raised in India. I have been playing in the U.S. since 1990, but I never lived here. I moved here only eight years back. So that's one thing. But I have definitely gotten a lot from this amazing country, as I said, 1990. So I have traveled and seen a lot of of this country more than a lot of people who were born and raised here. This, I also feel, is a very spiritual country. Sometimes I feel though spirituality and Indian philosophy and Indian, you know, Vedas and scriptures and saints are all there, but we are unfortunately forgetting those things more in, in India or in that part of the world, whereas I find a lot of people who are, and you know, what is spirituality? Spirituality is, you know, not what we find in definitions, you know, in books or by doing a search on Uncle Google. Spirituality is, you know, you're looking at this. Spirituality is kindness. And I'm seeing God here. Generosity. Spirituality is kindness, goodness, generosity, respect, understanding, letting go, embracing. You know what I mean? That's spirituality. This country, I feel, has a lot more spiritual people in the present because they are kind. They they, They don't judge you. They... They have such beautiful qualities, the qualities of discipline, the qualities of punctuality. Even as a musician, you know, try bringing an Indian, say, for example, from Bengal. I'm a Bengali, right? My parents are Bengalis. And say a Carnatic musician is coming to perform. How many people from Bengal are going to listen to that Carnatic concert? Whereas what I find incredible that as a, as a citizen or person living in, in the West, especially in this country, they don't judge you by the name. They don't judge you by what it might be. They are ready to welcome it in their lives. They're at least ready to try it first. I find that incredible. They will come to your concert first. Whether then they like what you present 
or not will they come back to your presentation again is a different thing but they will not say ah sister jena oh she'll she'll oh she'll probably presume that this is what she's going to talk and not come so that way i feel this country is very spiritual and it is full of great people i have always gotten love warmth welcome great learning and you know who am i to speak up speak about its greatness that's why this country has produced great people in every genre in every realm of life and uh, and if not so i wouldn't have moved here you know i was not I'm, i was not a 20 year old spring chicken saying oh let me go and live in new york i moved here I actually i thought you were you were raised here because of just the way you're so open and you're so integrating with things and a lot of individuals not to say this is a judgment but sometimes with some indians it's very hard for them to sort of integrate um in washington or in the nation's capital where we are you can find all indians live in this area and they don't really want to get out of that section and you know all of these things that happen um i'm gujarati i'm punjabi so punjabis are like this gujus are like this and yeah yeah i get that no, but so, to no. be able to just accept like everyone has something to offer and and i think you you've hit it on the nail it's a cultural thing like oh yeah gujus are always like that and no they're not no they're not they're souls and they're children of god yeah. so what can we learn together absolutely you know in and in india still will always have great people that but i think the invasion of internet the invasion of television is i feel uh, taking our youth in a wrong direction we have great people we have you know lovely musician friends you know shubha mudgal she's a dearest didi of mine learned deep but you know how much is the society in general aware of what we have and what we should be pursuing so from that point of view this is a great country and uh, yeah i i i don't think i can add more to what i said about this no it was perfect it was perfect look you started this organization called harmony and universality through music could you share with us a little bit about what it what it stands for and what you're doing with it so you know it it was inspired i would say so what, what the other you know great person that i met at the right time of my life is yoyo ma you know the cello he plays is this much it's an excuse for god you know like like say like, oh what does he do he has to play something you know he has to be human uh, he is so much more deeper and uh, so in my life i ca- consider him to be the greatest human being that i have met in the past 20 years he taught me how it is more important to be a good human being first you know a musician second and a tabla player last so we were in chicago and i was walking with him for a very important press conference and that's when this thought hit me that you know i have been with him for almost playing touring with him for 20 years great ensemble called the silk road what have i done to take this effort ahead and the answer to myself was nothing i go back to india play golf have a good time and nothing that inspired me to get up and say you know what just playing good music is not enough that was the moment that i started thinking about how can i do something 
which is not about me, which is not about creating something which I feed off of. So I went back home and I started thinking years, years back, you know, when I had just started playing a concert, concerts in India, I had played a concert for the Spastic Society of India without knowing who I was playing for. It was just another gig. You know, I was 20 years old. I'm getting a gig, Kamani Auditorium, New Delhi. Okay, this is the fee. Great. When I get up on stage, I see these two spastic kids coming up and giving me a bouquet. And I looked back and I looked at the banner behind me and I realized that it was a fundraiser for the National Spastic Society. And something happened here. I took the bouquet, played the concert. I went off stage and I went to the lady and I said, you know what? She came with the check and I said, I'm sorry, I can't take this money. And she looked at me and she asked me why. I said, no, I didn't know. I cannot take money from these kids. She said, you know what? We have issued this check. So why don't you do this? Please take at least money for your gas and you send us a check back. So I said, okay, that makes sense. I go back. I send them a check. That was when I was 20. Hum happened when I was probably, what, 30, uh, 40 years old, something like that. That memory came back. I was like, oh, you know what? This is it. God is now giving me the chance to do something. So Hum literally stands for, you know, harmony, universality through music. But I felt the more powerful uh, acronym or, you know, meaning is Hum in Hindi means we. You know, hum also means humming in music, right? But for me, it was more the we. Like, what can we do together? I went out and contacted friends that would know, you know, some kids that I could support on my own. Ended up in this visually, you know, school for the visually impaired. Met this little kid who was, you know, was born visually impaired. He was playing an Indian instrument called the tholak. He played for me. He played well. I said, oh, give that to me. And I took that instrument. He doesn't know who I am, what I do. And I played in his school. And he kind of looking towards the sound, he said, hmm, you're not bad. <laughs> that was the moment I fell in love with him. I hugged him. And I looked at the principal of the school. And I said, you know, this boy is mine now. So I started this organization. And I decided with my friends, you know, a couple of my friends, very, very close friends that Let's support learning of music for this child. We started with this one kid. It grew to three. And now I'm very proud. We have nine visually impaired kids. And that one little kid, God willing, I will bring him to you someday if, if I'm able to bring him to the U.S., is a 17-year-old youth now and playing very well. If... You know, God still gives us the strength and shows us the direction. I'm hoping to get him some grant, something that he can come to the U.S. and continue learning from me. But all nine kids are learning music completely sponsored by my organization. You know, their taxi, their instruments. And out of the nine, actually, seven are girls. Or all come from, you know, not so well-to-do families. So we support them financi financially to the point that the parents don't pull them off of learning music. 
So they're learning vocal music and, and instrumental music. And I'm very proud. It's, it's not an organization that is there to benefit me in any way. Yet me the and kids. my friends are doing something. How can we help, Sandeep? How can we get involved? Because I remembered when I was looking at that aspect and I see that there's a donation link somewhere there on the, on the website. But how can I help? What if there's a child that I would like to go through your organization to do that, to I give them an instrument to play? How do we go about that? Oh, I will. I will. We will. We can talk about that. Because, you know, I have struggled. I will tell you, we had a sponsorship, not from an Indian company. It was a German company called Lanxus. Again, there you go. You know, I went and met a lot of rich Indian people. They sent me bouquets and thank you notes, but didn't give me a penny. It was the CEO of a German company that I played a concert for. He invited me to have lunch, just like the talk I'm having with you. And he said, Sandeep, what are you excited about these days? And I said, I'm excited about this organization, but I don't know how long I can support it. I sent them a proposal to Cologne asking for money for one year. He wrote back saying, this is such little money. I don't want you coming back every year. Why don't we support you for five years? Wow. They supported it for five years, but that partnership is over because, you know, everything changed. The company changed people. So again, for the last one year, it's literally from me and my friends, six friends that we support, whatever. You know, I play a concert, I send them some money, you know, things like that. So I would be very happy, you know, and especially if I can get help in getting this one boy to the U.S., let's talk about it. How do we contact you? How does somebody contact you to see if they can help? Uh, So unfortunately, there is one problem. People living in the U.S. cannot send money directly to my organization in India because of the taxation system. We need a certain kind of a license in India, which is very difficult to get. And unless you bribe someone, you don't get that license. And I have refused to bribe someone to get that license. (laughs) So directly, you can't, can't send money from the U.S., But if there is an entity in India, it's a not-for-profit organization. Whatever you support, you get 100% tax credit for that. So they can definitely get on our website and get in touch with my team or get in touch with my office through my website. And we'll be more than happy to get any support of any kind. From you, with you, I will talk with you later. What's the website? It's hum, It's in my website. If they go to sandeepdas.com, they can click on Hum Ensemble and they will get all the information. What's the main message you'd like to leave everyone with? Ah, life is too complicated. Don't make it more complicated by thinking too much. Go out, have fun. Spread love. Try to find out what that neighbor is playing is. Why does it sound different? What is he listening to? What is, why does he fish the way he fishes? Why does he kayak the way he kayaks? Uh, we are all the same. The differences are all man-made. The sooner we forget it, the better we'll, we, life we all, we'll all have. But love, 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 very important. Beautiful. Let's end on a fun note. I'm going to offer you spiritual rapid fire. I'll mention a few words and whatever comes to your mind, just shoot it right out. Ready? God or religion? God. Okay. Um, Tabla or golf? 
So that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, tabla. Tabla. Okay, ocean or the forest? Forest. A movie or a book? Book. Tea or coffee? Tea. <laughs> Tea. <laughs> okay. Dancing or singing? Hmm. Oh, and this is for me, right? I'm choosing it for myself. Uh, singing. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, I dance horribly. <laughs> Not even in your worst nightmare. So I'm just giving you... Welcome to the club. <laughs> Dancing and running. It's like a duck for me. It just looks awful. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to see me dancing. I do. Even That's if okay. to save your life, you would rather say, okay, let me die, you know? No. Sandeep, that's, you've been incredible. Thank you so much for joining us on Where East Meets West. You've been a delight. Thank you so much and love you and love all your people and hope to see you in person someday and play golf with you, pick your brain and maybe play at your ashram with my group or something sometime soon. So take care. Love that. Thanks for doing this. I love that. I love that. All right, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed my time with incredible music composer, educator, and humanitarian Sandeep Das. We've talked about a lot, but the importance of what kind of information are you pulling in that you can still share your talent in that. It's not about us and them. It's about we, home, home, home. It's about us coming together. Please look out for him on his website, sandeepdas.com, to find out more about his mission, the harmony and universality through music. Really, I think that's really a big one. And if we can all support it, it will be a wonderful gift for our humanity. Drop us a comment, a DM, anything that you'd like on either Eplog or America Meditating Radio, and we can talk more later. Thank you so much for joining us. All the very best. Take care. <laughs>